Hello and good morning to everyone listening. I'm your host, Wendell Cohen. Today, Scott Dickey and I are sitting here doing the social distancing thing by being at opposite ends of a six-foot lifetime table. But I'm trying to find something else that is new and excited to share an audio discussion with that Scott and I are having with you today. As time and circumstances allow, I may do this again with a rotating league of ag professionals, and who knows, maybe a panel of experts to discuss current events at different points throughout the year. Anyways, we are recording what I call Agronomy Moment to discuss a few agronomy watchouts you might be on the lookout due to the recent weather events. This is episode one, season 2020, and as I mentioned, joining me today is Bex Hybrids Missouri agronomist Scott Dickey. Mr. Dickey joined Bex Hybrids last year in the summer of 2019. He has generously offered to share with us his over 20 years of agronomic experience. Scott studied weed science and biology at the University of Missouri. We are joined now by Scott on Top Ag Podcast on this maiden voyage of our first episode. We hope you enjoy it. I think you will. Thank you for being here, Scott. Tell us a little bit about your family this weekend. With the social distancing thing and it being a holiday and often spent with some church activities and being with family, how did it go for you? Well, basically, we had to stay home this weekend like everybody else did and uh, I was actually able to listen to my daughter sing uh, via the internet. Uh, they've been. She's part of the uh, worship team at our church, and she was able to record some songs, and they put some together some nice songs and uh, service from our church. So that's how we uh, handled the church services this weekend at our house. But as far as uh, uh, we actually fried fish for for dinner instead of okay. having a traditional meal, so it was a good weekend. That's good. I'm glad you got to spend time with family and take a little time off there. Um, anyway, moving on to what happened on Sunday from a weather perspective. First of all, I wanted to think. I think around here we had around eight tenths of rain here on Sunday. About ninety five hundredths at Odessa where I live. Okay, so eight tenths to an inch. I heard quite a bit of that from here north. I heard south of Nevada had less. Anyway, this morning we had about an ambient air temperature somewhere around thirty seven degrees here at seven AM. Soil temps in the research plot this morning were around forty two point five degrees at two inches. The big question we're asking is what effects do you think the rain and cold will have on the corn seed that's just been planted this last week. And to preface this question, my brother measured the temperature of the rainwater when the first round came through on Sunday morning. It was somewhere around in the 50s. I thought it was kind of an interesting thing note to do. Um, do you think the warmer rain first will act as a buffer to resist colder temps coming down to the seed trench? Or where are we at as we go forward here with the effects of the cold weather? Probably, probably the best thing we had going for us when much of the corn was planted, we were very warm. And our soil temperatures uh, last week in the middle of the week were in the 70s. Mm -hmm. uh, we had measured 70 to 75 degree soil temps on the warm days. And so any of that corn that was planted went into an environment where the first 24 hours, 12 to 24 hours would have been very favorable uh, with warm water uh, being imbibed into the seed, which is kind of a key. If the first water that the seed uh, imbibes is warm, we're usually in better shape. What you run into problems-wise is if the soil temps and the water are in the 40s, uh, you'll see uh, in research papers from various universities, anywhere from 41 to 50 degrees can be the breaking point. Uh, so there's a lot of discussion on if we're at 50, are we okay or not? Uh, some people will say yes, mm -hmm. where others will say it takes 41 degrees. But what happens when uh, the seed is cold, as the water goes into the seed, the cells are less able to expand to accept that water. So they'll rupture and break, and that's what leads to our problems. And so in general, with the heat we had, I think we're gonna be okay in a lot of cases. Um, 
But it'll be interesting to keep an eye on it over the next week or two and see what happens. So what do you think far as timing of when we're going to start seeing some of these effects? Or when's a good time to start looking and, and seeing what these effects might be? You know, typically uh, seed obviously takes 100 to 120 growing degree units to emerge from the time you plant it. And uh, so in general, when we've been as cold as we are, we had days last week when we were in the 80s, uh, we were accumulating mm -hmm. 20, 25 GDUs a day. Whereas recently, last day or two, we're accumulating zero to five GDUs a day. So when you start adding that up, it could take us that three weeks or so to get this corn out of the ground. Um, usually you have the three weeks. Once you get to three and a half, you start questioning whether or not you're gonna have a, an adequate stand if you don't have them up yep. at that point. But in general, um, things, you know, digging plants up, looking at the uh, seeds themselves, the plants themselves, getting a feel for whether they're growing normally will give you a kind of an idea of what to look for. So like in a week, we might be able to see what's for going to sure. happen. As soon as we yep. warm up again. I oh, think yeah. Once we warm up and uh, should see some growth occurring. If you see the coleoptiles elongating underground, probably in decent shape, unless you start to see them corkscrewing. And then once you yes. see the corkscrewed plants, that would be a little bit of an issue. And that could be, an, and like if we don't, what happens like if we don't get repeated rain events or whatever, we can start to dry this out and we can see it moving, it's gonna make a difference too, or what What will happen with stand quality if we can dry out, you know, that might improve it or? Well, if we dry up and warm up, that'd yes. be the key, okay. you know. Uh, we could be wet as long as we're warm. I think as long, you know, another issue would be is if we had heavy enough rains to cause a crust over any of these fields, that would obviously be a hindrance yes. to emergence. Um, but uh, right now, I think we're in pretty decent shape. Now, Scott, moving on, I'd like to hear your thoughts on weed control, especially on ground going to soybeans. I've noticed walking out in the fields that there's mare's tail is starting to take off really well this last week. And even though we've gotten cold now, um, I was wondering when a good time would be to do our spring burn down. Um, what would be a cost-effective way to control weeds that, um, that are there and still not burn through you know, our chemical budget this early if we don't plant beans until, let's say, the last part of May? Um, just trying to push that out as much as we can, and yet what are your thoughts on keeping in control of the weeds? You know, it's going to be critical to try to get out there and take some of these weeds down, like like the mare's tail in particular, because once we see mare's tail start to elongate vertically, bolting, uh, they become very difficult to control. And uh, uh, we've all seen disasters in the past where we've got beans thigh high and mare's tail right up there with them, and they're thick. So if we can get out there now, especially while they're still closer to that rosette stage and kill them with something like, uh, you know, Roundup 2,4-D would work, but Roundup Dicam is probably even a better option to take out. Uh, mare's tail in particular yep. if we didn't have to deal with mare's tail you could probably get away with roundup 24d a little cheaper okay um you know but that that's one option to think about tillage obviously is another option if a guy's not sure. afraid of losing his moisture and has the time and it's dry enough and he can till out those weeds that might give him a little bit of an extension before he'd need to come out with his pre-plant burn down and residual pro programs sure and if mare's tail is just at that four inch stage now it can still be pulled out with the tillage tool fairly easily i guess uh, it'd be better than letting them go Yes. Unhindered. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so uh, there's a couple options, but obviously the herbicide option is probably the most effective yep. at this point. Could you throw a little bit, some sort of a cheaper, is there a generic residual one could use or to kind of buy some more time or does just burn it down and dicamba has a little, I guess. Yeah, dicamba. I mean, I hate to see a guy rely on any residual from dicamba, even though there may be some residual from dicamba. It's something I would okay. just take if, it, if I got it, but not plan on it. Um, sure. You know, when we're thinking about what we're doing right now, um, if a guy wanted to use some sort of a cheap residual, I suppose he could, you know, whether it's yep. a metolachlor type product. But I think if we burn down what we have up right now 
and then as we come back in just ahead of planting with our true residual, you know, whether yes. that's a Zidua Pro or a Sharpen, any of those types of products, um, there's many options, obviously. Um, you might be in a little, you'd probably be in a good enough position to add just a little roundup with those products to reburn down any new emerging problem weeds. Sure. Be in a pretty good position. I'd hate to see a guy go out too soon with his planned residual program say two or three weeks ahead of planting because then you're using up some of your residual for within crop sure uh, which would give you less time for your soybean crop to develop a canopy which in the end is probably your best weed control you yes. have yeah so anything we can do to extend our residual deeper into the soybean crop development would be a good thing yeah and just to clarify i know that what we're talking about is you know corn stock ground that was bare and is bare and has now had a flush of weeds. I know there's some um, guys in our area who are doing cover crops and I'm seeing walking in those fields fairly clean. It looks like you can just go ahead and let that for now just sit. But uh, we, we have on our farm some fields that are not that way. And that's where I'm seeing the, the weed issue, right. the weed um, pressures coming in. Yep. Especially where, you know, another option for guys, some guys I've seen fields that look wonderful where you made a fall applied treatment and killed your oh, yes. annuals from fall applied, you know, and that will start to break. It is breaking now, you know, yes. we're getting late enough that weeds are starting to emerge. We're starting to see things like giant ragweed, common ragweed starting mm -hmm. to emerge. In some cases this week, we'll likely see water hemp in places starting to emerge. So there's some things we're gonna have to keep an eye on here in the next, you know, five to 10 days, especially yes. as we warm back up and temperatures become more favorable for emergence of weeds. Good. Now, as far as this week, it, it's probably uh, good to wait till we warm up and actually have some growing weather again, or like what temperatures? Like it's too cold today, right? Well, you know, back, uh, I worked for Monsanto years and years ago right after school, and we would go out and backpack on uh, Roundup 24D burn downs in the middle of winter, and uh, they worked. And they worked. As soon huh? as the temperatures warmed back up, as long as it was warm enough for us to not freeze up our booms, uh, we would go out and spray demo trials, and oh, wow. uh, weeds would sit there for a while, and as soon as it warmed up, they'd begin to show death. So, Technically, it is cold for this time of year, but you know if we're getting into the 50s, like we will be most of this week, and yes. the 60s this weekend, I don't think it's too cold to spray. Okay, so it could be something while you're waiting to plant again. Yep, especially as you get a little later this yep. week as we get closer to the warmer weather in yes. particular. But like today, we're supposed to be 50, I think 55 tomorrow. Yes. So we're probably yep. okay. Okay, well, that's good to know. All right, lastly, I was thinking of bringing up a little something might be interesting is to talk about the research plot that we put in here at the warehouse. And I know you put in one at another location as well. Instead of a plot going to yield, we have showcased several of our lead products here for anyone come, who wants to come and look at, you know, pull the ears, dig up the roots, um, cut stalks in half because these this products are not going to yield. We're just here for um, displaying. There are going to be products that you have had in your field besides some of our new products that are coming on. So it'll be a very interesting look this year, we hope. And then behind this, we put in another interesting trial that Scott helped us put together. Scott, what is this trial and what are we hoping to display and study here? I think the goal of it is, you know, basically we want to be able to demonstrate some things that everybody sees in the field or things that we talk about uh, academically maybe from a paper perspective, but we don't have yep. the opportunity to show you in real life. So we went out and left furrows open with our planter. We wired up the closing wheels. We did different uh, uh, settings for downforce on the closing wheels, different populations, different, uh, I guess yep. we didn't do population, but we did planting depth demos from yep. basically laying the seed on the surface to three inches deep. And uh, we would like to be able to have you guys come and look at these plots with us as, yes. as things arise so that we can give you examples of what happens uh, as far as 
things not going right. And here's why we yes. talk about the depths we talk about for planting. Other things we'll do is uh, come in and maybe strip leaves on some of these plants to demonstrate um, for you the impact of hail events and uh, show you how ears will recover or not based on where the damage occurs in the canopy. Just some neat kind of fun yes. agronomy yep. things, you know, that are... Yep place we can you can come and visualize what went wrong without having to pay for the price of it exactly <laughs> and we did a couple products too right yep we did two different hybrids to demonstrate differences in emergence based on the depths yep. and the open wheels vigor differences things like that it'll, it'll be fun yep because i think they're both 112 day but one is really fast out the ground so we'll see how he responds versus the one that's takes its time and yep. things like that so anyway that that'll be some fun stuff as we go into the summer this wraps up our agronomy moment. We hope you enjoyed it. You've been listening to Top Podcast. You can find this broadcast and more historic podcasts online at topagservices.com forward slash podcast or other venues like SoundCloud, Stitcher, and hopefully in the near future, iTunes. And then searching for the Top Ag Services in the search bar and then subscribing for future podcasts. This is a production of Top Ag Media and Scott Dickey, Alex Long contributed to this podcast. However, credit goes to the many people involved in making information available to us to broadcast to our listeners. As always, feel free to reach out with any questions. We wish you a good day. I am your host, Wendell Cohen.